Ain't no time to waste on a paper chase. She say this her cut like a tape of fade. I'm, 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 I'm the bomb grenade. This is After Hours Live for the Man K. This is your host, Tay Wiggs. And this is your co-host, Mark Sr. And we back at it again. We're going to have Marcus start it off with the NBA Finals. First and foremost, what you got, Mark? So the NBA Finals is here, finally. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> it took a long time. It seemed like a million injuries to get here. Wow. You know, we got Chris Paul, a, a favorite of the uh, After Hours Live for the Man K podcast. Yes, sir. The Suns versus the Bucks. Mm. And in game one, it looked like, you know, in the Valley, the Valley is going to, you know, kind of walk away with this finals. I don't know if they're going to sweep, but it, it surely is going to be easy. So who from the Phoenix Suns will take the finals MVP? Is it going to be Book or is it going to be Chris Paul, a uh, 16-year veteran, first-time finals appearance? Point God. Finals MVP. Uh, as the point guard CP3. Um this 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 is my order right now. As if is the MVP would have happened. Top five coming at number five. I'ma say Yantas has a combo. Number four, Chris Middleton. Number three, Devin Booker. Number two, Chris Paul. Number one. DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> DeAndre. Um, I can't, can't even uh, argue with that. He's been, uh, he he's almost had a 2020 up. game. Chris Paul, you know, took it away from him. <laughs> historical numbers. Historical numbers. Uh, but that can, that can change, but, you know. But realistically, though, that's just my opinion. But realistically, just looking at it from that standpoint, the MVP right on the NBA Finals is like Chris Paul. Without Chris Paul, that team – would be a different team going down the stretch, especially close out games in certain situations. Just to know you have a true veteran point guard on your team, and Chris Paul, you know, he's the guy, he's like a LeBron James for the Phoenix Suns. He's the anchor out there, the captain, and he lines everybody up for the right shots and, and put them in the right spot on the floor, period. Um, one thing I do like about Chris Paul, uh, he holds everybody accountable for what they do on the floor. And I've seen Devin Booker start to take up that role too and that his teammates know. How do you feel? Yeah, I think for sure, uh, especially when the, the few games Chris Paul was out last series against the uh, Clippers, mm-hmm. uh, Devin, you know, Book kind of uh, took, you know, took things under control that game one of that series. Uh-huh. He was like the... Uh, Stepping in Chris Paul, you know, he was running the offense. He really wasn't trying to be as aggressive as he normally was. Uh, right. And he was holding guys accountable, especially, uh, you know, number one on your list for MVP, DeAndre Ayton. Just trying to make sure he played big and stay playing big, um, you know, which is the reason why he's, you know, getting all these numbers. Right. Because those two guys, you know, making sure he, uh, he played up to his ability. And two... One thing I'm going to say about the Phoenix Suns, man, it starts from the ownership finally got it right. Because, you know, we heard previous times throughout the season a couple of years ago, Charles Barkley been ranting about the Phoenix Suns, maybe it's time for ownership and stuff like that. Just to know that what's going on between, you got the GM, GM of the year, you know, you know, James Jones, um, another African-American face, you know, champ. 
Then you get your coach, Monty Williams, you know, who lost his wife a couple of seasons ago, you know. Um, then just to turn back around to get back into it, to coach this team, you know, last year they went eight and on the bubble, but they still was missing something. Chris Paul came here and made sure that they don't lose focus of where they was going. There's no know to have a young gun on the side of you with a Devin Booker and a DeAndre Ayton. Make it, it makes the game just much easier for, like I said, Chris Paul, like we said before, Marcus, he get all his centers paid. And right now, the audience he played with, this is like the best one in the bunch, as you heard throughout this series the so youngest far. Too. The, the youngest. And he's playing with that grit. He said he want to learn, which, which a lot of players that come to lead his age don't want to learn. They feel like they know it all. all right. And, and which, you know, other game. Before you become an actual player, you are a student first. When you become a student that's still learning the game as you play, that makes the game much easier for you. You understand your role. You know where you have on the floor. You know you can hold certain players accountable in yourself as well. That's why I say it was, it was a match made in heaven for Chris Paul to go to Phoenix to team up with Monty Williams of this young team. I mean, yes, they lost uh, Dario Sarge with a touring ACL uh, right now. It's just right now next man up for the uh, – the Phoenix Suns. And right now, you look at as what we've seen in game one. You know, you know, we knew Giannis was questionable as you're going into game one, as they won that game right there. Giannis tried to do everything he could. The one thing I'm gonna say, Marcus, you probably seen it too. He gets that free throw line. He gets a little bit timid. Especially when they start counting. He definitely do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they keep counting. He goes to the free throw line and keeps splitting them. Milwaukee don't have a chance. I mean, I don't know what, I'm, what I've been seeing so far on the floor. I'm trying to figure out what Mike Bonehoser is doing, having Brooke Lopez guarding Chris Paul. I think you learned his lesson from the last series from him trying to guard Trey Young. There's nothing, there's nothing you really can do with Chris Paul. Chris Paul never gets that cup. Uh, you know, he know he know how to get certain things to go his way, especially he worked the referees early. That's what he does. You know, like you say, he's charged the the, uh, the players' association, the, the PA, whatever, and stuff like that. Chris Paul getting the job done. As what do you take away from Game One for Phoenix, and also Game One for the Milwaukee Bucks? From Phoenix, I mean, I think uh, just to continue to put the ball in, in Chris Ball Paul hands. Right. Um, and kind of, you know, let him, like you said, manipulate and work the other team um, mm-hmm. because he's going to figure like he's going to figure out even faster than some of the coaching staff uh, what, you know, Milwaukee's do defensively, especially uh, in the pick and roll where he, he just been chewing them up. So I think they need to uh, continue, you know, can keep doing stuff. Uh, there's no need to make an adjustment quite yet. Uh, you know, just keep doing what works until it don't work no more. Uh, with Bucks, um, I think they got a good understanding of how healthy uh, Giannis was. Like he was pretty healthy, just you know, was maybe a, a little bit out of shape. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna have to uh, get him more established in the offense later in the game. I think early in the game, um, you know, they kind of was testing him out, and you know, he proved them like he was all right. Uh, but later in the game, he got tired and he kind of went away, and that's gonna put more pressure on Middleton. Who kind of been stepping up, but I think the real focus uh, for the Bucks it needs to be Drew Holiday. 
Right. He has to stay on Chris Paul. Like, Brooke Lopez, P.J. Tucker, they can't guard Chris Paul. If it's a pick and roll, it, it got to fight through it if Drew Holiday is guarding Chris Paul. He's had tough assignments. Yeah, you know, Kyrie, um, Trey Young, uh, I forget who else. But he's got to take that personal. Like, like, this is my man. He got a score, too. So he has a lot on his plate. Like, they brought him in just for this, this sole purpose, of getting to the championship and not and producing both, both ends. Yeah, I got your brother with P.J. Tucker. Man, he cannot hit the side three for nothing. It's, it's the shortest three-point shot on the floor. So, you know, that's my favorite spot. I'm money for Barry Sanders. Uh, <laughs> they leaving him open, like I said, you know, the king of the shoe game. He got more shoes and he got career points. I'm not throwing shots, <laughs> but it's just, just speaking facts. Um, there's so much you can do. Use all, all your energy on the defensive end. Then you got to come on the opposite end and score. We know P.J. Tucker game is not predicated around scoring. But you do have to find other ways to be effective in the game. We know you play defense. But he got to get a, hit, a quick layup, something like that, because his threes is not falling. Like I said, we hurt them the, the worst. I mean, we hurt them the, the most about going into this NBA Finals. They don't have that energy guy, Dante DiVincenzo. So now you ask in Pat Connington to step up more and play more defensive, be on the defensive end, and exactly be a scorer. So you had Dante DiVincenzo in there. It makes the game that much like, even flow, like you said. Going into these playoffs this year, the injuries has you know, been devastating going through the uh, each round with, with key guys going out. Not, not only superstars, but key role guys. And as in this series right now, Phoenix lost a key role guy not due to the uh, tour ACL, Dario Sarge, somebody mm-hmm. rebound, stretch the four hit threes. Now you lose Dante DiVincenzo been out, I think, early as the second round. So you're looking at him. You gotta find it's the next man up. Who will it be for the Milwaukee Bucks? Like you said, you see Drew Holiday to be more assertive, playing more aggressive. Maybe we see a more aggressive uh you know, so the Kumbo. But the one thing I did like what the, what the Phoenix Suns did, they held uh Chris Middleton in check in the third quarter. That's his bread and butter, man. The third quarter. Third quarter. So the last series, he he went he went nuts. That's the only reason why they there is because he went right. nuts in the third quarters. Right. It, now we got game two tonight, Marcus. Still in Phoenix, you know they got the famous guy going around. You know Devin Booker sent the, the guy a jersey, says Suns at four. <laughs> now if Phoenix keep playing like this, we still haven't seen that breakout game yet from D Book. How many points you think Devin Booker gonna put up tonight? Um, it depends on which you know which car he rides to the uh to the stadium with. <laughs> Being an old school, I think he's gonna give a, a cool, cool twenty five, right? And some something new, you know, he gonna he gonna try to light it up. He gonna go for forty. So well, depending on what car he rolling. If he come in the Grand National, like what uh, Denzel had in Training Day, man, look out, folks. Devin Booker might drop forty. Right. Devin Booker might go for forty tonight. If he goes for forty tonight, it's gonna be crazy. And Jay Crowder got to score too as well. He got to step up too because everybody else been playing lights out. The Cam Johnsons, uh, especially you know, uh, was um, campaign still playing at a high Miles level. Bridges. Oh yeah, Mikael Bridges. Br- Mikael Bridges, you Miles Bridges' cousin. So you know, I knew I knew who you meant. But um, <laughs> those other guys, those guys who be keeping it up right now. I'm gonna still say this: if Milwaukee if Milwaukee loses this series, 
Budenholzer might be the first coach ever in NBA history to get fired after the NBA Finals appearance. I was I was about to say uh, uh, the Toronto Raptors. He got coach of the year, and then he went to Detroit. I can't think of his name right now, but he didn't make it to the Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey. He didn't make it to the finals, so I think you may be right. (laughs) I think you may be right. So Boonholzer is actually coaching for his life right now. Yeah, we know you. We know you got them there, but it's gonna it's gonna be some time now. No, moving along as we move away from the NBA Finals and all that jazz. Um, James Harden and the rapper Little Baby was detained by police in I want to say it was at Paris or France for Fashion Week for possession of marijuana. So, what you got to say about that, Marcus? I mean, who who had the who was in possession of it? Was it Little Baby's uh, <laughs> entourage or was it James? Well, reading the article. They said they detained what's his name first, little baby. Then because James Harden was with him, he got detained too. But you know, as you told me before we jumped on air, they both been released. So now you know. Yeah, it's a lot going on with the, uh, as Stephen A. say, with the weed uh, right. media for sports lately. So I mean, I really don't think too much of it. Uh, I mean, it, it, you got to know the law when you're traveling abroad. Uh, I know it's getting legalized here in the states, especially uh, in the states they probably frequent, like uh, you know, on the West Coast. So you just gotta be careful. Uh, I mean, France is not Paris. France ain't, ain't that bad of a spot to get detained. I mean, it ain't the best. But it's not like um, some third world country. So I think they they kind of uh, got lucky because mm-hmm. of they you know fame and notoriety and it being Fashion Week. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they kind of let them off easy, but that could have went real bad if, if had it been anywhere else in the <laughs> Right. You know, for a little baby boy, for James Harden, that was a. <laughs> the reason I did that, because at first, like he had a good, you know, okay season. I can't get say it was a great season. It's not a great season unless you win a championship. He had an okay season, first to injury. Drinking the smoothie that the teammate, the teammate for him, you know, like he was already on vacation, sipping, like I said, drinking like his strawberry banana smoothie, like they already won a championship. They was counting a chicken before they hatch. Um, third, you got France smoking weed. If you was that, if you could smoke weed, you should play down the stretch when the team needs you the most. I mean, these are the things you have to do as an adult, <laughs> as you being a uh, a public figure. So on high stature, you should know what the limitation was. You should know, like, damn, man. You can't get, you can't be caught slipping like that. Man, you got <laughs> caught all the way slipping. James Harden, that's a shame on you, man. I just can't believe that you did that once again. That was an epic fail. <laughs> epic fail. Because I'm thinking, like, dude, what makes you, come on, little baby, I, we know he do that. But for James Harden to get spotted, I thought he was cool with Travis Scott. I'm like, I mean, what what's going on here? It was like James Harden hanging all the rappers, and and within a week time span, first it was Travis Scott, then he was with uh, Meek Mill a couple of nights ago. Now he in with a little baby. Like hey. James Harden, are you trying to tell me you don't want to be a basketball player? Don't you trying to be a rapper now? He glowed, tried. <laughs> 
the facts. So I see that for somebody like James Harden. As we move on to the next topic, James Harden, you get the. <laughs> so moving on right to the NBA. We're going to still be in the NBA for a minute. Um, right now, Team USA tryouts. You know, they picked their team. I think Jalen mm-hmm. Rose came out and said that Kevin Love only made a team because they needed a, a white person or a Caucasian face on the team. How did you feel about those comments? You know, uh, I watched the live that Jalen uh, released, kind of, you know, after that kind of, you know, stepping those, you know, that statement back. Um, but that's that's really just not the it's just not the case. <laughs> I think Kevin Love is like the second white dude to make the team since John Stockton. <laughs> All right. So so they uh, the USA ain't you know trying to get a white dude on the team every year. There's been some years where there's no white dudes at all. Um, right. However. You know, his, I think what he was trying to say is, what has Kevin Love done since LeBron left Cleveland? Right. To justify him being on the team. And Kevin, I would say as a Cavs fan, not much, not much if nothing right. at all. And two, what make Jalen Rose say a statement like that? His counterpart is Caucasian. Mm-hmm. So, so when he made that, when he made that statement, I thought it was just stupid. Because <laughs> if that was the case, Jalen Rose, why are you up there with Jacoby? I mean, let's <laughs> just <that's> be honest. <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you want to speak facts, I mean, facts are facts. You can't come out and say nothing idiotic like that. I get what he was saying, like you said, Mark. I get what he's saying, but he shouldn't have said the color part. Hey, Kevin yeah. Love should not have been a part or participating in Team USA basketball, USA men's basketball, because he hasn't done anything in the last two or three years. That'd have been more acceptable, All right? So that's where he went wrong at. And before you say something, premeditate it. Make sure it sounds right before you do it on live air. Because now we get into the part where, I'm going to be honest with you, Marcus. We get into the part where now everybody's going to be racist and colorish, colorblind and all this stuff. Right, right, right. I'm thinking people nowadays are getting soft. So it's a little soft. It's a little softness going on around here. Yeah, I agree with that. With, with that, then you got uh, as we move to that from that subject, we go into the let's go right along in this subject. You got uh, what's her name? What's her name? Malika, not Malika. You got Malika Andrews. Uh, called Rachel Nichols. Rachel Nichols. Uh, and then it's uh, the it's another uh, female. Maria, I think, I think her name is Maria. Maria Edwards. Maria. Maria Andrews, something like that. I know it's one. Andrews, it's either Andrew, it's Edwards, I think. Let, let me look it up. Because uh, I'm Maria looking at Taylor. That. It's Maria oh, yeah. Taylor. Maria Taylor. You know, she called a couple of the Big Ten games and stuff like that. You know, I think mm-hmm. Nick Saber said something to her crazy, and he offended her too, just because she's doing her job. Now, watching this type of stuff that's going on, you know. I'm pretty much sure we all said something crazy, not on tape or whatever, in our own comfort, in our own comfort of our home. Absolutely. <laughs> you, now, absolutely. Do you just feel like because Rachel Nichols been doing it for so long that people just feel like it was a new face? Um. I mean, so I listened to the. Uh, 
to the I went to the jump and the record, and that was really easy. Uh-huh. If I was uh, honest, I, I don't think she really said Rachel Nichols. That is said anything too wrong. I mean, it, it just had a bad appearance because she's a, a white com a white female commentator talking about a black female commentator. But what she was stating is like ESPN had has a bad rep for diversity as it as it is with females in particular and um, black you know black commentators as well. All she was saying is, hey, if you, you know, you got to make room for them, you know, don't, don't take off my plate to, to feed somebody else, you know, and that's anybody where have that same stance. Have a job, exactly. <laughs> right. So, don't, you know, take my food away to feed somebody else. So, and the one thing, too, we know Rachel Nichols didn't put in time, like, put in, she put in time, like, to get where she was at. I understand that. I don't care what how people feel, would you, how they feel about how I'm saying this. If you've been in the job for so long doing paperwork, you finally got notice of doing something else. You got moved up the ranks and you keep moving up the ranks and you working hard at what you do. And let's be honest, you know, we trying to get, we want to, we, we trying to join these ranks and, you know, we right. started from ground zero and you got to realize, you know, she started what she did, you know, she went to Northwestern, you know, went to school and did all the broadcasting stuff and things like that. And you're looking at for somebody who actually got that time due to work it up. Some of these females feel like, or and guys, just because you've been on TV a couple of times and you did that, that you should just automatically get into the driver's seat. Don't work like that. So when your time will come, when your time come, and I see they move Rachel Nichols off from the NBA Finals and got Maria Taylor calling it, and uh, what's her name, Malika Andrews. So you got those two. No shade, you know. I'm happy that there's two African-American women up there. But we just can't keep throwing around color as it's going to solve anything. I mean, you got to work hard like she did. I mean, she put in 15, 20 years in to get where she at. You talk about people we just seen within the last four or five years. Absolutely. So, I, mean, I would on, feel differently about it if she was a white man saying it, but she's a, a female commentator in sports, which is like that's she's a minority too, even though she's white. <laughs> Yeah, she, no, yeah, she's a female. female. You know, she's too many females. females. <laughs> when you think about the last female that people actually seen on TV during NBA Finals was Hannah Storm. So that's how I look at it. So you look at the other people who, who you know, who used to be at ESPN from the Carrying Champions, you know, Jamil Hill, put y'all on game. She used to write for the Cleveland Plain Dealer in the sports page. Uh, Chris Hayes used to write uh, for the Cleveland Plain Dealer in the sports yeah. page. So these type of people I've been following, I've been watching their work forever since they've been in Cleveland. You know, Chris Hayes being from California and Jamil Hill, she's from Detroit. So for them people to come from where they're from to come to Cleveland to write about our sports teams, then go in their profession to ESPN. Those guys put their work to where they be at. And not saying not Malika Andrews. I mean, yeah, Malika Andrews and Maria Taylor didn't put the work in. They did put the work in to get to that level. But their time is coming. I think their time is now. I just, uh, the way how it's crazy how I end, I just feel bad for both parties because it looked bad to me on both sides. So that's how I feel. Um, how you feel about it? I'm with you. I don't think there's no right answer to that. Like, I, I can see both ways. You know, we definitely want, you know, the Maria Taylors, Malika Andrews to, you know, get that spotlight to do the finals. All right. But uh, Rachel Nichols, it, it, like you said, is somebody we've seen over the years. 
kind of work her way up to where she's at. I don't think anything would, you know, we we don't work for ESPN. We don't know. I don't think anything right. has been asked, you know, handed to her, you know, credentials of, of getting the, the opportunities. So right to that. So moving along from that, um, the Team USA men's basketball team. No, I'm going back to that. Uh, still want to talk about that. You look at that roster, to be honest with you, from the Kevin Love, Kevin Durant, Bam Abadeo, uh, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, uh, Zach Levine. What, uh, we can keep going. I mean, I mean, it's all type of stars on this team. Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Where do you see this Team USA finishing? Um, I mean, they got K- KD, Brad mm-hmm. Beal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Buck's supposed to, uh, you know, end up joining them. This is over. Right. Those three guys alone, you know, you add on Draymond, uh, you know, they should win go. There's no, there is professional players on our team. We should always right. win go. It should never be a reason why we don't. Other teams out there that got professional players on their team. Canada is a prime example. They got a lot of uh, NBA players on their team too. Yeah, the RJ Barrett, um, the Tristan Thompsons, and all them guys, Andrew Wiggins. Like that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's just you know, Jason, you know, the neighbor state up north state, uh, country not state, mm-hmm. country from us. So even with all those guys on that team, none of them compared to uh, Kevin Durant. Just him by himself. Hi, Kevin Durant. You should win gold. Yeah, I like that too. Speaking of uh, U.S., no, I ain't gonna say USA, but let's let's talk about real basketball in the Olympics. Period. Olympic basketball. Right. Comment came down that Luka Doncic said winning the gold medal for his country is more than the NBA trophy. How would you take that if that's the uh, the face of your NBA franchise? I mean, if it, if it's, if I'm Mark Cuban, I feel some type of way about it. However. He's actually factual. Like, winning the gold medal in the Olympics is what will be far more harder for Slovenia, wherever he's from, than the Dallas Mavericks winning the title. We've seen the Dallas Mavericks win the NBA championship with one superstar, Dirk Nowitzki, a foreign superstar. It's sim- almost the exact same situation. Mm. Have we ever seen Slovenia win a gold medal? I'm going to have to fact check, but I doubt it. That's a zero. <laughs> right. That, yeah, it's pretty right. And two, <laughs> Speaking of that, speaking of the NBA, we know we know Brad Stevens hired a head coach for the Boston Celtics. And we know we talked about it before, how everything went down with the Boston Celtics, how Brad Stevens moved right into the driver's seat mm-hmm. as the GM of the Boston Celtics. You know, without without winning a, a championship title. Which is weird, just because just being bitter so long and what they did. When you're looking at that type of news for the Boston Celtics, you know his name. What I know, he's married to Nia Long. I know he's been on the Spurs coaching staff. I mean, Yudoko. That so that is the coach of the Boston Celtics. Do you feel like the Boston? Let's be honest. Do you feel like the Boston Celtics made that as a PR move? 
Uh, I'm gonna say no. Okay. The reason I'm gonna say no is because he was up for a lot of other head coaching jobs this past season. The Cavs being one of them. He was high on everybody's list. So I think he is, you know, has been deemed like the next uh, coach to get from the Spurs staff. They always got somebody. Uh-huh. And something, I'm going to take that back just a little bit. So I think he was probably the best coach for the job. But it also was a plus that he was a black dude, and it, it looked good for PR. I think it was a, a win-win. He was a black guy, and he was a good. He's going to be a, he has a talent to be the next best coach of the league. We're going to see what he's going to do with this team. Now, if this a hot, I didn't know. He, I didn't know he was married to Nia Long, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. new to me. <laughs> you know, you know, I got some gems. Uh, when you look at this coach right here, like I said, he's been around, he's been on a lot of coaching staffs. When you look at him as being the Celtics coach, now say hypothetically he gets to the NBA championship. Would that make Brad Stevens a genius or would that make Mr. Udogo a good coach? Um, I think it makes him a good coach, but I think people will, as they always have done since Brad got in the league, sing Brad praises, even though. He just hired a, you know, it's like drafted LeBron James as a number one pick. Like, who else was you going to pick? <laughs> right, I'm not saying, like, he's the LeBron James of the coaches, but it's like, he's a, a damn good coach. Like, let's talk. <laughs> you don't got to be too smart to make that decision. Let's talk about other guys who, who I think should be coaches right now in the league. Who've been, who, Darvinham, remember him? Oh, yeah. Uh, high energy guy off the bench, especially, you know, he's well-known player for the Milwaukee Bucks. P.J. Tucker um, before P.J. Tucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Darvin Ham, you know, been an assistant coach for so long. Why hasn't he gotten calls to be a head coach of an NBA basketball team? Um, I just think he ain't, he ain't been put into what they call it, like the hype cycle. You know, you don't hear his name too much. You know, we know him, you know, because we basketball heads. But his name ain't put out there a lot. You know, like, uh, like the – as I gave that example to Spurs, like everybody on their coaching staff gets some type of hype from Budenholzer um, to M.A. Udoku, uh, to, you know, the female uh, coach they got on staff. Um, I can't think of her name right now. But they all get put in the media in some form or fashion, and Darvin Ham just, he just haven't had it. Did you know that Darvinham was part of the 1996 NBA draft? <laughs> That's the one of the greatest NBA draft class in NBA history. Yeah. Alan Iverson, Kobe Bryant, Steve. Matt, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so you're looking at that. That's a good look for the Boston Celtics to get somebody that's been around the game and understands the game, which I think is great too as well. So going along, moving right along, still in the NBA. Damian Lillard put out there that he wants out of Portland. So if he wants out of Portland, does Portland Wait, load? He said that. Up? In the news again. <laughs> so, you know he's in the news again. You know him and Dam- you know him and LeBron start talking to each other. You already know when LeBron go like this and start talking. That means it's business. It's business. I'm sure, he's in Space Jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And recruiting. If you know certain players. That's in that movie, you know LeBron James either recruiting them 
or they are part of his uh, agent camp. So you're looking at Draymond Green, right? Right. They talk a lot. They've been he's been in the shop a lot. Anthony Davis is part of Clutch Sports. You're looking at that. You got a uh, Clay Thompson who will probably be eligible to be a free agent after next season. Could you see him or Steph leaving the Bay Area? Well, they don't play in the Bay. We're leaving uh, San Francisco <laughs> to to play in LA. I don't think. I mean. Dame maybe uh, just because he he's just been unfortunate not to have, have success. But Steph and Draymond they they're gonna be Warriors until um, hands of time. Yeah, and, and Draymond is the only one that could possibly leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, Steph Steph ain't going nowhere. He's gonna I think he's gonna retire. You think he's gonna retire as a Warrior? Yeah, or he may. He may do like the end of the end of his career. He may play in Charlotte. Uh, I think I can see that. You know, that's his home state. Mm-hmm. But other than that, um, I don't see it happening. Aim is a possibility. I don't see Draymond. As All right, it's another rumor going around there that that the Brooklyn Nets may be shopping Kyrie Irving, Demar Derozan, may head to LA playing for the Lakers. And the whole thing people want to know too, Marcus. We talk about Kyrie Irving and DeMar DeRozan, maybe on the move. But the one move that nobody's not talking about is Kawhi Leonard. You know, he's the mis- he's the mystery man. He's a free agent. Where could he land? Um I think uh I think he's gonna stay a clipper. You think so? Yeah, he um he's really you know when he was a free agent the first time around, he made it clear he didn't want to play with LeBron. So the Lakers is just it's out the picture. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't know. I don't see too many other places where he can. I mean, he can go anywhere, but it's, it's just tough to see him go to a team that's not as good as the Clippers and have a chance at winning a championship. It's two teams I can see him going to. One being the Eastern team and one being the Western Conference team. The Eastern team I can see him playing for Eric Spolstra that might be That'd be a great fit. Iguodala's on the on the on the down end of his career. Uh, He had a he had a stellar career. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another space, uh, another team I thought he'd be a great fit for would be the Dallas Mavericks. The team, if they get with a Chris Chris Porzingis, which I think they're going to shop on draft night. Absolutely, that's going to happen. I don't him and Luca don't get along, but if you can move that piece to move him. And, and probably get you a Kimba Walker. Because right now, Kimba Walker needs are pretty much shot. Uh, I don't want to be talking like about a message contract, uh, but uh, I'm not <laughs> with Kimba Walker. But I know just watching the game and watching him in Charlotte, you know, playing those heavy minutes can lead to heavy injuries. Uh, I feel like he was uh, me, me personally just watching him play in Boston because you know by me from Cleveland but living in Charlotte, you know, he's a fan favorite. Uh, Kimba Walker plays hard every night. Somebody play hard every night not to playoffs is kind of odd because you play hard. We didn't make the playoffs, but you still trying to contract to play in Charlotte. That that lets you know he's loyal to the soil. But say Dallas do sign him, that'd be a great pickup for the Dallas Mavericks to go along with Luca. He can handle the ball and be a real floor general. And you know he he can hit clutch shots. But I feel like he was playing out of sync and out of rhythm, and on the same page as as the Boston Celtics when he was there in Boston. So you know even though he got traded to OKC, he may get moved again. On draft night, 
it's a lot going on in the NBA. You know the NBA got a new logo for their 75th anniversary. It's a diamond-shaped logo as well. Okay. Uh, we're gonna Is see. It's similar to the, what they did for the 50th. It's almost like the 75th anniversary logo, like the NFL. It's like it's like okay. pretty much they got the silhouette of the seven NBA and logo. five fit in there. Yep. Okay. You know, you know, a lot of people don't know who the silhouette person is. Um, it's actually Jerry West. Jerry West is actually the logo, the NBA. Um, so, so I'm looking at that. Saw things going on. We're gonna move on. To, I'm gonna go back to the um, to the Olympics. We got Shikari Richardson, the track athlete, you know, mm-hmm. burning people. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, burning people in, she was smoking burgers. Um, <laughs> Burn. Okay, the weed. He knows Steve <laughs> Smith. He knows the weed. Uh, when you're looking at someone like her, you know Nike's going to back her up. Now, her biological mother passed away. You know, mm-hmm. pe- different people deal with pain differently from others. Uh, when you're looking at an athlete like that, you know, this is a one-in-a-lifetime ch- chance type of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at her running track and, you know, she smoked weed, she knew all the tests that he was going to take. Marcus, when you first seen that, how did you feel about her being suspended for thirty days? For thirty days, thirty days, excuse me, for thirty days, then being kicked off the Olympics period. Um, it, it was unfortunate. <laughs> I, I, I did. When they said it was we, I'm like, dang, you know. I was just amazed that she was able to smoke and run that fast. For one, uh, typically those two don't go together. Uh, and then you know, uh, you know, after everything came out, she kind of she took responsibility and said she she smoked, uh, she knew the consequences. So I, I was I was happy to see that um, you know she wasn't shying away from it. And then you know you know back to our similar situation we talk about James Harden, little baby. It weed is becoming legal and you know in most parts of the United States. So it's like um, people are profiting off of you know the, the selling and purchasing of marijuana so it it's just real weird because that she got suspended for that and it doesn't right. give her any competitive advantage if anything it hurts her more than it helps her but at the same time she knew the rules she knew what the consequences was going to be um and you know someone similar in a similar predicament was michael phelps thank you and he caught Thank a lot you. of a lot of backlash from when he did it. It wasn't it wasn't like because she black she getting all this. No, when Michael Phelps spoke, we, it was a big deal. I don't know if everybody knows, but it was a big deal, and it was really on him. And he was uh, battling depression and all that stuff. So it's like she knew the rules. She probably shouldn't have did it. To you know, with Stephen A. Point, like we just said, always say you don't risk something like that with smoking weed. You can. Olympics come back. I mean, it's not going to be gone. It's not a rare commodity. No, it's just, you know, let's be honest. You know, when you're an African American athlete in America or just African American male, female, and the one thing my wife said is so true a Caucasian person will come up and say to your kids if they're under 10. Oh, they so oh you got oh you got a beautiful family. Oh, your son, he's so cute, he's so precious. Oh, your daughter, she's so precious, she's so cute. You're cute when you're a kid. But as soon as you turn 18, <laughs> this is real facts. As soon as you turn 18, 
they label us as men of society. So when you get this opportunity and a chance, you, you got one shot at life. And for us, we can't mess up one time. And everything we got to do, when we go to work, if you go to work, I'm going to be the fastest typer I can. That's what you're going to do. You're going to sit there and do your work. I'm, 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 whatever you do at work, you always try to be the best at because we look, we get scoped a little bit different in the eyes, in the human eyesight. It's just a little bit different. Unfortunately for her, I'm gonna be honest with you. When I first heard it, I was pissed. I was like, damn, why should you do that? Then the first thing, like you said, you hit on the head. The second thing, me and my wife was talking about, I y'all remember Michael Phelps is swimming and smoking weed? They was, like I said, he didn't get, he got crucified. They didn't kick him off the team. Then he got suspended. He got, like, the thing about that, uh, I wanna add to that is, he didn't even test. She tested positive for weed. He didn't even test positive. He was just seen in a picture, and right. he did get he he got suspended too. Right, but the whole thing. The team, but he got suspended too. <laughs> but the whole thing is too. When you uh, athlete like her coming from where she's from, from California, and stuff like that, grandma raised her and all that and all that jazz. A person like her. I believe she'd be back for the Olympics. If it, I think the Olympics be here in America, I think either in California or somewhere. That's I think that would be uh, this is twenty twenty one, so that's twenty twenty four, I believe twenty 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 four Olympics. You just realize who uh, the age that she is. She's uh, twenty one years old, so if she running again, she may be twenty four going on twenty five, and I feel like she was a, a crowd favorite, a fan favorite. Uh, you know, the Olympics, you know, everybody tuned into the Olympics. I don't think that track and field coming from her running that 100 relay, the 100 meters and 200, and she do the four, the 400. So it's not going to have that same feel because we know the Canadians is pretty much, not the Canadians, excuse me, the Jamaican women track team is no joke. I thought that was going to be one of the epic battles that we get to see. So there, therefore, we don't get to see that we know they got Alex and Felix on the track team. You know, she's a little older and stuff like that. But to have a young leg to be your, to be the end of the anchor to finish it off, that would have been fabulous right there going down the heat of the stretch. You should know your daughter's running track, so you already know. That's a different feel, too, because you can actually tell your kids, look, this, this is what you don't do. We Like I said before, Marcus, we get microscoped a little different when it comes to things. Fair or unfair. Yeah. You're right. You're spot on with that. <laughs> Moving along. Right now, the uh, the NFL right now, not this year, but next coming season, the NFL is having alternate helmets. With these uh, 30, I want to say 31, 32 teams in the NFL, which helmet would you be? If you had, well, I pick your top five helmets. That what you would love to see in a, in a different type of scheme in your top five. No Randall Orner, but your favorite five, your favorite five teams, color schemes as you like in the NFL. Um, I would say the Houston. I mean, I don't like these teams. I just like their color scheme in New Jersey. The Houston Texans, mm -hmm. uh, the Jaguars. Okay. Um, Browns. I just okay. I think that the brown and orange is you can do wonders with that if you do it right. Uh, well, the 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 Chargers, mm. 
And um, and who would be the fifth? Who would be the fifth? Uh, and I'm gonna go with the the Oakland Raiders. Ooh, that's so the Las, the, the Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Ooh, that's silver and black, though. Yes, sir. Okay, all right. My top, I ain't gonna say my top five. I'm gonna say top, well, yeah, five teams. I would love to see. Um, I'm eager to see what the Panthers are gonna do with their helmets gonna live here. Of course, the Cleveland Browns, that's always the hometown team. Um, the San Francisco 49ers with that goal. Is it gonna make it more of a mirror goal? Um, another team, um, Um, color-wise, I want to see what they're going to do with the Seahawks helmet. Because, you know, they come with crazy colors with that neon green. Um, And last but not least, oh, this is a tough one. I definitely want to see what they're going to do. I want to see what the... uh, a Tennessee Titans helmet may look like because they got that 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 Carolina blue too as well. What they gonna do mm-hmm. with them low? Like like you said, Jackson. Hey, Mark, that Jacksonville Jaguars though, like a concept helmet keep floating around. If you go look up concept helmets on Instagram, the Jaguars got like this like this gold helmet, but it's like mirror. It's like that. It's their colors though. It looks sweet, but a, a brown helmet, a white brown helmet with a gray face cage. We don't know, man. It, something's gonna shake in the near future. With these helmets. Now, before we leave, Spencer Dinwiddie said he wants the bag. Uh, As he should. (laughs) He preferred to play it for one of the LA teams, Clippers or the Lakers, to go back home. But I think he preferred the Lakers, to be honest with you. Now, if they get, say the Lakers get Spencer Dinwiddie, that's a a huge upgrade. Mm -hmm. Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, Instagram, no Laker content. Kyle Kuzma definitely has no Laker content. We're going to see, like I said, I'm very, I'm very intrigued to see what's going to happen in, in the coming of weeks. Would the Cavaliers move a Colin Saxon? We, hey, this, even though this draft, this might be a great draft for certain teams, but the superstars are really not. We won't be free agents the next year. There's the main superstars. But these are right here are pieces to help you get over the hump or to make it to the next level or to be a championship caliber type team. So where you may think that Colin Saxton may go. If he get traded, um he's either gonna get traded to move up in the draft. So think about Detroit uh-huh. and who's number two? Houston. Uh-huh. And he not going if not, that's not going to happen. Then you got to think about you know Philadelphia 76ers and Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said on a previous pod, Clutch uh, has tight ties with the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Darius Garland is already there. He's a Clutch guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Ben Simmons, you know, they probably be a good pairing together. And Colin Sexton is really what Philadelphia need. You know, they need a. a, a a guy who's not afraid and he's gonna go out, you know, balls to the wall every possession. All right. Besides that, uh, then you got the Dame situation. 
Mm. Um, he could be used as a, a like a, a three three teamer to get him to a team like uh, the Lakers uh, or even uh, Philadelphia. Um, you know, like Ben Simmons may not come to uh, the Cavs, but he may go to somewhere like Portland. Colin Sexton may go to to uh, to Portland and then Dane come to Philly. I think those three teams, um, well, I think that's four teams, Detroit, Houston, Actually not Houston. I'm gonna take Houston away. I think the Cavs will get the number one pick if they trade Thompson. They will want the number one pick, not get. So Detroit, Philly, Portland, all three teams. I think is uh be in the mix with Colin Sexton. Right, young bull. Watch his Instagram. Been working out hard. Just keep in mind this is after hours live from Man Cave. I'm the host Mark um, Tay Wiggs along with my co-host Mark Senior. We're sitting down discussing. NBA trades, uh, the NBA finals, and that nature. And first and foremost, the NBA free agency begin August 3rd at 5 p.m. Central Time. So you're looking at that pretty much 8 o'clock our time in the East Coast, mm-hmm. August 3rd. Um, the uh, NBA draft is July 29th. That's a Thursday. The Cavs do want to move up to get the first pick. They do want to select Kay Cunningham with their first pick. So the Cavs like they be drafting another guard again. Um, the Cav- if the Cavaliers, if they got a nice, I see they if they if they on the right pace where they supposed to be, what they doing, maybe Kevin Love do come back and finish his contract out. He may be bought out, or he may come to a negotiation to be off the team. Um, there's a lot of things going on in this NBA. I feel like this is probably by far. I was told one of my coworkers yesterday, this is by far one of the most interesting seasons and NBA playoffs that I have seen thus far, especially up to the NBA Finals. Who would have thought that the Phoenix Suns? would have been here. We know if the Brooklyn Nets would have been healthy, they would have been there. But when you only play eight games together as a superstar in the continuity, you're not going to get that far. And then, too, what, what, what Brooklyn got exposed at was their bench. So going into the offseason and the process, I believe that the, the Brooklyn Nets will will probably upgrade their bench in much-needed ways. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add, Marcus? Um, yeah, they, they definitely – I think the Brooklyn Nets, they, they, they really want to keep Brooke, uh, Blake Griffin. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be a possibility or not, um, but they want to keep Blake. Um, it looks like they're going to lose Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, you got to keep in mind they also traded Karis LeVert. Uh, mm-hmm. So those guys were really like bonus guys to have on an already stacked team. Um, so if they're going to lose Spencer Dinwiddie and Blake Griffin, they're going to, like you said, they're really going to have to sure up the bench, um, you know, to to compete for a finals uh, championship. Uh, and they can do – they don't really have too many options because all those guys don't get paid. You want to keep James Harden. You want to keep Kyrie. If you don't trade Kyrie, you, you got to pay – or he's already paid. Uh, I may be staying there wrong. Mm-hmm. AD. That's a lot on the books. So you got to get those sneaky, um, sneaky veterans who will help you, you know, get over the hump. The Richard Jeffersons, the Mike Millers, you know, thinking back to the Miami Heat days. Right. Those guys who, who are later in their career but still have, you know, still can play ball, still can contribute to a championship. They're going to have to find those gems if they're going to compete in the finals next year. Injuries or not? 
for our closing comments. It's, I got one last thing, Marcus, to say. It's a rumor out there that Zion Williamson wouldn't be traded for New Orleans. Mm. I mean, yeah, it was, there's been a lot of rumors about Zion. They said he didn't like uh, Stan Van He's Gundy. Pre- right. He preferred to play in New York, York, though, with R.J. Barrett. Oh, yeah, that's his buddy. New York would go nuts. Man, if he ended up in on the Knicks, are you kidding with R.J. Barrett? Like, and they don't get rid of R.J. Barrett? They would have to move Julius. That, yeah, Julius would have to go. He'd end up back. Well, didn't he already play for the Pelicans? I'm sure he did. I think I'm right. He would end did up back on the Pelicans. I think he did. No, I, I think, think was, he did. He did play with Brandon Ingram. Yeah. He did get get yeah. there, traded for the three team, the three player trade. Him, Zoe, and Brandon Ingram. Right. So, but that's not probably going. to – The thing about New Yorkers is they remember, you know, who uh, got him out of the darkness. Like when Melo got there, yes. they, pra- they praised Melo, even though. You know, it was very short-lived. Julius Randle, he really got him out of the darkness <laughs> this year. So the Knicks fans, they will be sad to see him go, but if they get Zion, man, Karin will be rocking every game next year. <laughs> Look, do you, do you, we already know New Yorkers and their sports, they love, they love sports, they're fanatics. Marcus, can you imagine Looking at the back page of that New York paper, and they got rid of Julius Randle, and they bring mm-hmm. in Zion. They don't make the playoffs again for another three, four, five years. How that's gonna look from a GM standpoint? That'd be terrible. That'd be absolutely hear, terrible. I can hear all the New Yorkers be like, oh, come on. like <laughs> that would be terrible to do that. And to make a move like that, like I said, that would hurt New York real bad. Because like you said, Marcus, they praised Melo when he got him out the ruts. Julius Randle was getting praised from out the ruts, got him out the ruts. Then you get the coach, and you, you then Tootin might hurt. You may lose Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, he was a big part of that. He was a big part of his success this year. He even moved to the starting lineup during the playoffs. But the, the one thing you uh, – can lean on if you make that trade as a GM was Julius Randle didn't really play well in the playoffs when it counted. Wow. You can't, you always can lean on that. Like, yeah, he got us into the playoffs, but remember what happened when we got to the playoffs. You can always lean on that, but Zion has not, hasn't, he's not proven in that sense too, like, because he has made it. That's head on. With those closing <laughs> segment people, hey, tune into the NBA final tonight. It's nine o'clock uh, Eastern. I mean, nine o'clock Eastern time. Six o'clock uh, Central Pacific. This is after hours live for the man cave. This is your host Tay Wiggs. Host Mark Senior. We out of here. Here, peace. peace. Thank you for listening to After Hours Live from the Man Cave Podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man, Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, 
And before I go, please also hit up our Anchor profile page. That's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave. And click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out. Peace.